0: Percy, do you believe that God calls people to become doctors and even oncologists?
1: You know, that's a great question, Wayne. Uh, I not only believe that God calls people to become physicians, but I also believe that he gives them gifts to help others and minister health and encouragement to people. And when that person acknowledges that gift, and understands the source of that gift, I believe that becomes a very powerful dynamic in the ministry and the work of medicine and science.
0: Well, in just a moment, we're going to hear from a surgical oncologist who is both humbled and honored that he might be used by God as an instrument to help others. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and along with our host, Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, this is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Glad to be with you today, and thanks for your feedback to this program. Those of you who listen to the podcast through Apple Podcasts can review us, and I hope you'll take time to do that. It helps so very, very much. Percy, as we get started today, I was laughing at a note we got from a listener who said that he likes to listen to the episodes backwards through the older episodes. I'm not sure what benefit there is to that, but hey, you know, to each his own, right?
1: Absolutely. And, and the key for me is as long as you're listening and as long as these programs are beneficial, you can listen to them in any order that you choose. To
0: Which learn. brings something up, and that is the fact that I've lost count with how many programs we've done over the years here, but every episode of Health, Hope, and Inspiration is still available online, and that's the beauty of a podcast. You don't have to wait for it to come on the radio or something it's right there on demand. You can listen to all of them anytime.
1: That's absolutely correct. And just to answer your previous question, this is our 244th
0: show. Oh, you're right. I wasn't looking at the number right. Okay, all right. So we numbered them consecutively. I never picked up on that. I guess I'm a little slow to that. (laughs) 244 episodes, so it may take you a while to listen to all of them, whether you listen forwards or backwards, right?
1: Well, one thing for sure, Sure. We have plenty for you to basically sit and listen to your heart's desire, and there is a plethora and a and a mixture of so many different subjects that people will be blessed from. There is no way that you won't leave refreshed, renewed, and invigorated by health, hope, and inspiration.
0: Well, this is a very special program because we're going to talk to your own surgical doctor today, a man who knows you very well because he performed surgery on you. Now, what were the circumstances? Well, you know,
1: absolutely. I was encouraged uh, and excited uh, when I reached out to my surgical oncologist, as uh, many of the listeners uh, know or should know by now, you know, over a year ago, I was con- uh, diagnosed with stage early stage one colon cancer and had one third of my colon removed on the right side uh, of my colon, had it resection. And the individual who performed that surgery is the gentleman that we're going to talk to, Dr. Hallaby, and uh, knew him from the very... Uh, beginning of his career at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, we have developed quite a relationship. And I love and respect this man's humanity as well as his uh, ability as a physician. And so uh, we're going to talk about uh, my surgery. And then we're going to talk about some things relative to the type of technology of the day uh, around the type of surgery that was done.
0: Good. Look forward to hearing it in just a moment here on Health, Hope and Inspiration. I have a question for those listening today. How has being part of a community of people affected your cancer journey? We'd love to hear your response to that question. You can do that easily on our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Connect, and the drop-down menu will give you the opportunity to type your response. How has being part of a community of people affected your cancer journey? Well, let's go to Scripture as we open today, and then we'll get to the interview. Percy? Percy?
1: Yes, our spiritual nugget for today is so appropriate, particularly when you finish listening to uh, this very humble but very gifted uh, surgeon who has been given uh, great gifts by God. Listen to this scripture and really absorb it as we prepare to hear from uh, my oncology surgeon today. 1 Peter 4, verse 10 says this, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Just Mm -hmm. keep that in mind Mm -hmm. when you listen to today's conversation.
0: One more thing with locations in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that takes an integrative approach to cancer care. Now, they use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease, while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling this number, 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Let's listen carefully now as Percy talks with his friend who joins him here today.
1: Well, I'm super excited today to have with me uh, someone that I respect and someone who's Who's very personal to me at this point, uh, my uh, attending surgeon who performed my uh, uh, my colon surgery back in July, July 22nd of 2019, uh, Dr. Hatim Hallaby is here with us today and he is uh, a surgical oncologist. He has worked at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America uh, in Zion, Illinois, Chicago for five years now and he has been Uh, functioning and practicing as a physician for 19 years. And so I'm super, super, super excited uh, to have you with us today on the show. Welcome. How are you, sir? Very good. Thank you. Good to see you, too. It's good to be seen for sure, and certainly under the circumstances uh, that we find ourselves. The last couple of times that I saw you was strictly from a a professional medical perspective. But it was a good experience, Doc. I got to tell you that uh, I cannot tell you how appreciative... Uh, I was and am and just uh, your bedside manner uh, how you reassured me and of course your professionalism and of course the outcomes of, of my particular surgery and for those who may not have caught any of the other shows uh, I was diagnosed with um, early stage one colon cancer uh, back in July and uh, dr Hallaby uh, was my surgeon and um, Uh, performed that surgery. And we'll talk a little bit about the details of that uh, just a little bit. But before we get into that, uh, I'm doing well and doing fine. And looks like that I'm expected to have a great medical outcome. And so I want to give all praise and thanks first to God. But then I want to thank my surgeon who also took very good care of me. Thank you, sir. That being said, Doc, let's uh, get into a few things. First and foremost, um, I'm always curious as to why uh, physicians, become physicians what motivated them or what course uh, in some cases winding road that led them to become a doc uh, talk to us a little bit about how you became a doctor and and, and what were some of the motivating factors that led to that so interestingly
2: enough uh, for me actually um, I was good school in, I was good in school from the beginning of my career as, as a student uh-huh. and basically my parents you know convinced me to become a doctor because they thought I'm, I'm going to be a good doctor. <laughs> So this is how I became a doctor. Okay. Now the story changes though. Like after I did my medical school, initially I was interested mainly in, in more like internal medicine, cardiology, more than actually surgery by itself. But I came to I did actually two elective rotations in the U.S. At um, one of them actually at the Medical College of Virginia for a person who became my mentor. and he helped me out to shape my career to become a surgical oncologist. And this is how I became a surgical oncologist. Okay. Because I really was impressed by his manners, impressed by his achievements, and mm. and the way he treated me also as somebody that he never met before. And just he, he basically took me under his shoulders and he helped me out. Okay. So that's why I became a surgical oncologist.
1: Well, then, we want to thank him as well. I want to thank him because his mentorship, and again, this is not to kind of blow smoke, uh, your professionalism, Doc, and your your mannerism of how you handled me as a patient. And, and we had known each other previously, so there was somewhat of a relationship there. But you were, you were as kind and gentle and patient uh, and sincere and uh, very open. You spent quality time with me to kind of help me understand and wrap my head around what we needed to do, why we needed to do it. Uh, and it was it was one of the most pleasant experiences that I've ever had. And so I just wanna say thank you to your mentor. Uh, clearly uh, that did rub off on you and then you've become you know the surgeon that you are. And so having said that, let's talk a little bit about specifically the type of surgery that I had. Because I when I watch TV and I, I hear some of the advertisement of other healthcare organizations and so on and so forth, there's a lot of discussion about robotic surgery and uh, robotic surgery was part of my process. Help uh, someone listening today who may be either experiencing the possibility of having surgery, and uh, certainly maybe colon surgery. Uh, let's explain a little bit to the audience in, in, in layman's terms what robotic surgery is and how it functions and maybe talk a little bit about what you did. You can be first, certainly candid with regard to my surgery. You, I give you my permission to do that. So robotic
2: surgery, mainly, you know, if we do surgery for colon cancer, there's more than one option. One of them is to do it robotically. One of them is to do it, what you call the old-fashioned approach, more like open surgery. Oh, yeah. And some of them do laparoscopic. And in each time, you know, each specific per patient, you know, there's a different approach to do the treatment. Okay, so there's a and unique set of the,
1: circumstances for each scenario.
2: Correct. Sometimes the disease is so much advanced, sometimes open surgery is still the best approach. However, in early stage disease, you know, robotic surgery or laparoscopic surgery, you know, have shown to have some advantage from the standpoint of faster recovery, less pain and less wound infections, which are very important for us when we treat patients because wound infections definitely are a complex process to deal with and also for the patient and for the physician by himself too, and for healthcare in general. So robotic surgery, actually, the main advantage for it basically is from that perspective, reducing pain, less wound infection and less and basically faster recovery to go back to work, which is very important for most of the patients that we treat. And and
1: I, if I can interject here, Doc, I can attest to exactly all three of those uh, advantages that that absolutely was the case for me. It was incredible um, that, um, I think my stay in the hospital was a total of four days, if my okay. memory serves me correct. Uh, you're my surgeon. You'll probably remember that. Uh, and, you know, with the exception of the the very next day, 24 hours after my surgery, was probably the most pain that I had, ex- had experienced. And if you recall, I, I, and I tell a lot of my friends this joke, I, call, I tell them jokingly. That you know, it was shortly after the surgery you came and visited me, and I was like, "Doc, I don't mean to question your professionalism, but I don't really feel like anything happened." He said, "Oh, let's talk 24 hours from now, and then we'll see how you feel." And sure enough, uh, I did experience some pain. We managed that pain, and from there, I had very, very little pain. And and the healing process, I actually uh, got on a plane. The Sunday after my Monday surgery to fly back home, I live in South Florida, but I did my treatment in, in the Chicago facility where you practice. And, um, you know, with the exception of being a little tired and for obvious reasons, uh, I, I experienced very little pain. And then the big takeaway, as you mentioned, was my wound healing and treatment and care, because, again, I had little small uh I guess it's puncture marks, right. not necessarily incisions, of where the robotic probes were placed, and uh, they healed up wonderfully. I didn't even have any stitches. So let's talk about the advancement of science, because we really want to encourage people that as a possibility, you know, that type of surgery is available.
2: Absolutely. So when we do a robotic surgery, the surgeon is still in the same room, but basically he, he gets the instrument set up, and he gets the robot set up, and basically we... We, we in place the instruments of the robot in, you know, through these small puncture holes. And the surgeon at that point will there is there is always an assistant at the bedside and the surgeon at that point will be at the console where he can move these instruments. Okay. So really what robotic has done for us has you know, as a human being we all have some kind of tremor. Or at the same time we're not gonna be as accurate as as a robotic instrument. So it does it did take that tremor factor away from us. At the same time, as a surgeon sitting in a console rather than standing for about three, four hours, actually it's much, at that point, you know, physically much easier for the surgeon than basically staying at the bedside the whole time. Okay. Because in the initial days that we start doing laparoscopic surgery, some surgeons were having lots of issues actually with, with you know, just back issues and neck issues, and some surgeons have went into early retirement because of laparoscopic surgery. Ah. So from that perspective, hopefully that will prolong longevity of the surgeon himself yeah. too. Yeah. At the same time, it gives us much more accurate, you know, dissection planes. At the same time, it gives us much better visualization because we di- we see 3D with the robot. Yeah. Not with the laparoscopic surgery. We see only just two dimensions,
1: right, basically. Right, right, right. That is interesting. And, of course, I would have never considered or thought about the dynamic or the impact on the actual physical wear and tear of the surgeon. Correct. Uh, themselves because of the physical manipulation of what needs to take place with their body in standing over and and working, uh, if you will, uh, over a patient. I remember asking you also uh, with regard to my process, did you actually ever physically touch me? And you said basically just to make sure that the probes were inserted and then from there you operated everything from the console.
2: Correct. So after the probes are inserted most of the surgery is done from the console, other than the suturing after that. Yeah. Yes, you're right. You know, the suturing after that, after we resect the tumor, put things back together, then the suturing and the small incisions have to be done mainly at, at the patient at the patient bedside. Okay. But everything else is done from the console, correct?
1: And so, um, obviously, every surgery and every uh, scenario is different and unique. Every patient is different and unique. Uh, I felt like that my recovery, even immediately after surgery went relatively quickly. And you and I talked, I think, every day until I was discharged. Uh, And one of the questions that I asked you specifically is, is that kind of a typical process? And you said, well, it really depends on the the condition of the patient Mm -hmm. and the health of the patient prior to surgery. Let's talk a little bit about what that dynamic is. And then you also talked about, and I want to transition into that about uh, being being a person that's very positive or having positive energy and positive thoughts and so on and so forth, what really goes into the process of of a, of a speedy recovery for patients, as far as you're concerned? So
2: for me, I always try as much as I can to set the, set the expectations for my patients at the same time to tell them about the recovery process. Yeah. So as you remember, we talked about you know there's gonna be some pain, but you know that pain will be controlled. Yep. We talked about walking. We yep. talked about you know, just, you know, as much as we, you know, at the same time, you are healthy, which is very important. Now, as much as we take care of our body, our body is gonna take care of us also at the end. So, some people that, you know, you don't smoke, basically that's always very helpful for, yeah. for, for, for from recovery from surgery. At the same time, you don't have any other comorbidities, and you don't have any hypertension issues, no diabetes, mm-hmm. all these things are important from that perspective to right. give you a better recovery. Right. Having said that, you know, patients that have hypertension, diabetes that control them well, Basically, they do recover the same way from surgery. Okay. The most important thing is just to take care of our health, you know, and from that perspective. Got it. Um, so, yeah, I think setting the expectations right for the patients is very important. At the same time, I always tell my patients, doing surgery is more like a teamwork, and the patient at the center of attention is is a important is the most important aspect of that team. Yeah. But we have to help each other. Right. So you help me, I help you. Got it.
1: Uh, and so and then the latter point that I made that I want to transition into and, and that you had mentioned to me, and of course, you were acutely aware of my vocation and my background and, and what I do for a living. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor and a minister and I support people spiritually. Uh, one of the things that you said to me that really resonated with me, you said, well, it also helps that patients have a good positive outlook and they have a positive dynamic about them. And, and and you have referenced the fact that, you know, that's who you are. That's part of your life and that's part of your work. Let's talk a little bit about from a medical perspective, your uh, perception of attitude and disposition that is influenced by, people's spiritual sense of well-being. You know, we're not necessarily talking about religion, but we're talking about people who are influenced or motivated or empowered by an idea of a spiritual force that works within them. And have you ever experienced, I think you shared with me before we actually started talking, of a patient who actually asked you, would it be okay for them to pray for you and that you were very open and receptive to that. Let's talk about your thoughts about prayer uh, in the kind con- uh, not so much prayer but about spirituality in the context of mental emotional and physical healing from a medical perspective your thoughts so
2: we always like have a discussion with my patients before the surgery for okay. example because we do mention for example having this diagnosis or certain diagnosis let's say for example in colon cancer in the stage it's a fact we cannot change that right. It's really our attitude toward it that's going to be different, and this is how we have different outcomes. Yeah. There is stud- some studies that have shown that patients that are positive and always physically active, they do actually do better than patients just decide to just give up. Right. And they're not positive about their outcome. I have actually, I always feel good whenever the patient asks me to pray before surgery. Okay. We don't have to have the same religion. Right. That's fine, but every one of us can pray in different in different languages sure. and different, basically, you know, maybe different religious, you know, uh, beliefs. Yeah, interestingly the one of my patients raised lately he said you know just what can i do for you and i know he was actually also a pastor yeah and I, we said you can pray for me and he said yeah i'm gonna pray for you i'm gonna pray for the gift that god gave you to help other people Wow. so really that makes me humble too to think this way and i have to i have to admit that i learned a lot from my patients and from whatever they tell me every time they every time for me is a teaching process for me also because my patients teach me a lot of things that I do learn from them wow. about their beliefs, how strong their beliefs are, and how ma- how much they believe, how much their belief actually and their will bring lots of hope for them. Yeah, and then get get them out of trouble, regardless of that trouble, whatever it is. Right,
1: right. And I guess, the, the, and, and I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth at all, Doc. It, it it sounds like to me what I'm hearing you say that uh, having a belief system or a sense of spirituality or something that drives your hope can potentially be beneficial for you mentally, emotionally, and physically from a healing perspective, and you welcome that, actually.
2: Absolutely. Welcome. I believe having that belief you know, is very important for you to recover from kind of whatever. You know, As you know, whenever we have any stress in our life, the first thing we go back to is our, whatever beliefs we have. Yeah, been. yeah. And, and definitely going back to God is always something we go for. Yeah. Always ask God for help. So, for me, that's always, I believe, having that strong belief is always very important. Absolutely.
1: Well, uh, and and then the last point that I'll make on that, and then, um, you know, with the few seconds that we have left, and I could just talk to you forever, is that um, I am moved even more so, and I respect you even more, and I have nothing but the highest degree of respect. And you and I have talked, and we've hugged, and we've, you know, we've chatted, is the fact that you expressed that you felt humbled by. Uh, a pastor asking you if he could pray for you for the sure. gift that God gave you. I find that um, uh, just utterly encouraging on so many levels.
2: I mean, it is encouraging. At the same time, he reminded me that whatever I have is just a gift from God, yeah. which is very important yeah. really for us to believe that, yeah. and just for us to suppress our egos and just you know think that whatever we have is all gifts from God. Yeah, I mean. It's very important to actually... I think for me as a surgeon, it's very important to always keep believing in that. Yeah,
1: uh, last question, Doc, and I ask everyone this question on the show, um, what is the one, you know, the name of the show is Health Hope and Inspiration. What, what is not necessarily the one thing, but there could be multiple things. What drives your hope or what makes you hopeful or what provides hope for you in general for the work that you do for your life, for your family? What, what fuels your hope personally, if you don't mind me asking?
2: So as we know, there's always lots of stresses in life, lots of things that could happen in life. Yeah. And really what drives that, what drives me actually just as far as hope, you know, for me, I always look at the gifts that are around me, whatever I was given by God. And it's always a lot of these things that, you know, you can think about yeah. that are around you, your family, your children, your friends. Uh, at the same time, you know, for me, definitely, you know, as a surgeon, uh, I always enjoy when I see my patients back and they're doing well. Okay. That's always very hopeful. It gives me some hope that, you know, I'm, I'm really helping people around. That's always very encouraging for me from that perspective.
1: Well, I can certainly tell you um, I'm one of those patients, and I'm grateful. Uh, And again, I thank you for your gift. Uh, But I also make sure that I balance that conversation by saying, yes, God gave you a gift, but you also had to apply yourself for that gift and to use that gift and to develop that gift. And so I thank you for doing your part. And I certainly thank God for doing his part. And I thank you for all of the good things that you're doing on behalf of cancer patients everywhere. Today, you have heard from Dr. Hatim Halabi, uh, he has uh, and is uh, a surgical oncologist at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Chicago. Now for five years, uh, he's been a doctor now for nineteen years, and I and I want to say he is my surgeon, uh, who has been instrumental in my recovery uh, as I have walked through the process of now being a cancer patient. Bless you and your family and all that you come in contact with, sir.
2: I really appreciate you. I really. In- Enjoyed talking to you as usual. Uh, It's always, for me, makes me feel happy to talk to you. It's one thing I will say, and this comes from the heart.
1: I appreciate that. Dr. Hatim Halabi, guys, God bless. Have a great day.
0: And, Percy, it made us happy to hear from your surgeon here today on the program. That was a very special conversation.
1: It was. And what was special about it, again, is that as I continue to be transparent and authentic, uh you know i've talked about my journey of cancer in the context of what we do here on the on on the show and i wanted to talk to my surgeon and i wanted folks to hear from my surgeon and then combine those two dynamics together. Uh, This is the path that I've journeyed. And this is the individual who has helped me. And we are continually building conversation that will hopefully help others to be encouraged around this conversation as well.
0: Well, we need to talk more about that conversation and unpack it here on the podcast in just a moment with cancer center for Alexa. Now you can find answers to your cancer related questions. The Cancer Center for Alexa Skill is a voice-activated question-and-answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Now, the skill can answer over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To access it, you or anyone you support can simply say Alexa Enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device. Now, you can also access this tool on any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. Well, one thing, Percy, I want to talk about in relation to your conversation with the good doctor here today is that Dr. Hallaby mentioned possible health benefits of having a positive attitude. Can we talk about that? We can. You know, we've, we've discussed
1: this in many different ways on the show previously. Uh, but to further speak to this point more specifically, allow me to read an excerpt. Uh, from an article released by John Hopkins Medicine entitled The Power of Positive Thinking, which states and says this, the mechanisms for the connection between health and positivity remains murky, but researchers suggest that people who are more positive may be better protected against the inflammatory damage of stress. Another possibility is that hope and positivity help people make better health and life decisions and focus more on long-term goals. Studies also find that negative emotions can weaken immune response. Hmm. What is clear, however, is that there is definitely a strong link between positivity and health. Additional studies have found that a positive attitude may improve outcomes and life satisfaction across a spectrum of conditions, including traumatic brain surgery, stroke, and brain tumors. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. It is. And and the reason why I wanted to read this is that uh, the big takeaway here is there's not a lot of hard evidence and data to say clearly without a shadow of a doubt but the but the research that is available suggests that there could be a possible link between the two. And so at the end of the day, it certainly can't hurt to try to remain and have a positive attitude as we move forward. And if it has healthcare benefits, then we need to tap into that and continue to allow that to be a possible resource that will allow us to potentially move further than we thought that we could while we are dealing with the effects of sickness and
0: disease. Yeah. Wow. That is so interesting. Thank you for bringing that to us.
1: And mm-hmm. thank you
0: for bringing Dr. Hallaby to us here today. I <laughs> learned about robotic surgery. Now, that's something I've never experienced. You have now, obviously. It was interesting to hear him talk about it.
1: You know, it's a
0: fascinating, you know, dynamic. And of course,
1: one of the things that we try to do on the show without getting, you know, too far down the rabbit hole is (laughs) what are some of the things from a technological perspective and advancement that is in the marketplace and robotic surgery is certainly one of those uh, elements. Uh, I have received the benefits of that. and Dr. Hallaby shared with us, you know, kind of how that worked. but he also helped us to understand the value mm-hmm. and the benefit of robotic surgery. yeah you, it, know?
0: you know if it can be employed, it can often reduce the pain and infection he mentioned with that. That's a huge benefit.
1: And I am living proof of that fact. I was out of the hospital in four days uh, and you know, then I went back. I flew home because I, I had this process done out of state. Uh, On the sixth day, I had very little pain, Uh, was managed very well. And I had, I would say, very little to no wound healing issues because uh, the probes that were placed in for the uh, robotic uh, mechanism uh, created little small puncture holes that when they were removed, those were basically glued back together. Hmm. I only had one little small incision of where the specimen was removed Uh, from the top of my belly button. So there was very limited wound care that was required as a result of, again, what can be done uh, with the probes from from the robotic arm. And so it was fascinating technology.
0: Well, I smiled because I thought of the fact that doctors are people too. And here's a doctor (laughs) who said that it's easier on a doctor... Instead of standing over the patient, perhaps for hours on end, of using robotics and sitting at a console, you know, when you or I stand at a workbench for several hours working on something, you know how your back can hurt and your neck hurts, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Well, mm-hmm. doctors are people too. Well, absolutely.
1: And again, I, you know, we we probably don't think about it in their context, but think about complex surgeries that require multiple hours, two, three, four, five hours where a doctor is physically not only standing over a patient, but physically trying to manipulate uh, the physical dynamics of the, of the body and, and make sure that he's being precise. One of the other benefits that Dr. Hallaby helped us to understand is that robotic surgery then removes the slight tremor just from human hand movement. Yes, yes. So again, another important component in understanding the value of what this, if applicable under certain circumstances, and again, make sure you talk with uh, your treating physician to see if that is something that will be appropriate for your type of situation. But again, removing hand tremor as an example. So just fascinating. And he said that the long-term effect for maintaining uh, health benefits for surgeons, is simply allows them to, to practice surgery uh, longer because of the the lack of wear and tear on mm-hmm. the physical body mm-hmm. from having to stand physically over patients for multiple hours doing surgeries. Just insightful things that I never would have thought.
0: yeah, of. it was a new thought for me as well, and a very helpful one to have. So thanks for bringing that to us. and thanks to yeah. Dr. Hallaby. And we need to take time to talk about this last point. And that is that he was humbled by the man he was about to operate on asking if he could pray for the doctor. And that was a humbling experience for the doctor. It was
1: well, and in and in, 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 in context of that, he he was talking about again the value of understanding the role of spirituality and faith, and obviously positive thinking. That all of these are good things that he encourages, and that he's willing to have discussion with, uh, with his patients. And in this particular context, uh, this was a pastor who was about to have surgery. Uh, with Dr. Hallaby and the pastor asked him, do you mind if I pray for you Mm. before you actually perform my surgery? And he said that he was humbled because he does believe that, you know, spirituality and faith is necessary and needful for all of us, and that he too valued that and that he was humbled by that. So, Thank God for uh, Dr. Hallaby, my friend. I love him and uh, we send him the best of well wishes Indeed. as he continues to do great work. Humble, tremendous bedside manner, gentle, kind, and considerate in every way.
0: Hmm. Well, we're going to wrap this up, but again, thanks to Dr. Hallaby. Thank you, Pastor P, for your help here today. And don't forget to answer our question. How has being a part of a community of people affected your cancer journey? We'd love to hear from you at our website. Health, hope, and inspiration.com. Click on Connect, and the drop-down menu will give you a chance to type your response, health, hope, and inspiration.com. I guess that's it. Pastor P, thank you. Well, until the next time,
1: remember, we love you. We are praying for you. You've got work to do, so keep chopping the wood. We're believing that the best is still yet to come.
0: And join us again for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America.
3: If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person